in today's show. I'm here to talk about the waiver wire for fantasy basketball, Mick Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you are here watching this, you are a real absolute legend because I know that the NFL Championship Games are on at the moment. And, you know, we all want to be watching those too. But here we are. Fantasy basketball is important. So is you know, doing this. So here we are. Waiver wire. We've got to get our priorities straight. So what should we do, Gilly? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Most added players in fantasy over the last 24 hours. Mason Plumley. What? Now, some of these are just to stream in for today. But maybe this is because I featured Mason Plumley so heavily on the What to Watch for streaming show yesterday. Maybe that's it. Is that, is that how much reach I have? Absolutely not. But Plumley was a really interesting stream option for today's game. Obviously, that Hornets game is already done and dusted. Um, and you can't change the result of, of what happened there. But his numbers were fine. And I think after that, you move on. Like, that's, that's fine. He was streamed in for a particular reason. Uh, he got... Yeah, he did something, he played those minutes, he provided some value for you, and you move on. That's as simple as that, I think. The second name on this list is a name that, yeah, again, it's a really short-term one. It's Billy Hernan Gomez. Billy Hernan Gomez has started three straight games, played 30, 33, and 30 minutes. It's an interesting rotation decision, and I will never understand this from coaches. Billy Hernan Gomez was not considered anywhere near good enough to even play a single minute in the previous two weeks. Wasn't the backup. So he went from a guy who was in there picking crusties out of his ass to, ah, oh, can you go and start now? Not the bloke who'd been playing the back. Oh, we don't want to mess up our rotation. Uh, you, can, you can still, you know, if you've got a top 10 pick who was a terrible top 10 pick at the time, but it's still a top 10 pick, and you're already playing him as the backup, maybe you want to see if he can extend. I know he's got some issues, Jackson Hayes, but it makes no sense to be playing Billy these 30 minutes. But I don't care if it makes no sense because it's what's happening. And while Jonas Valanciunas remains out, surely it couldn't be too much longer. He's missed a week here with an illness non-COVID, but remember, Nick Claxton was out for, what, five weeks with a random illness at the start of the year? As long as Valanciunas is out, Billy's the guy, amazingly. But again, I wouldn't be looking at this guy. This is a great ad for the rest of the season. It's a great ad for the next two weeks. I wouldn't even look at this as a great ad for the rest of this week because Valanciunas literally might play on Monday. So while he's been added a lot, we're going to talk about him in a second as well. One of the other most added players, Maxi Kleber. Yeah, it makes sense. He had the back-to-back stream. He started off well. Christos Porzingis is out. I think Maxi's an interesting short-term guy. He can hit threes and block shots. He can get you 10, 12 points. His value should rise with Kristaps out as well. Eric Bledsoe. These are desperation. These names are so desperation names. Plumley, Hernan Gomez, Kleber, Bledsoe, Austin Rivers. It's desperation time. And yeah, I'll keep drumming this idea into people's heads. You can accept it if you want. But these guys at the back end of your roster, like, oh, yeah, Bledsoe's putting up numbers. Rivers is doing well. Um, yeah, Kleber now. Like, you add them, 
and then you have no compunction in just cutting them straight away. Anyone between 110, 120 to 190 in ranking type areas, they're all interchangeable pretty much. You just move in and out, move in and out. Yeah, Bledsoe didn't do well today, was doing well previously. I'll see you later. Maybe Reggie Jackson comes back in. It's not the end of the world if you drop someone too early either. Like you go, oh, I've got Bledsoe, I'll move on and get someone else. It's not the end of the world. You'll find someone else. Rivers, I don't really believe in here at all. I am very interested in Killian Hayes because of that combination of assists and steals. If people are tripping over their dicks to add Rajon Rondo at times, every time, hey, Rondo, man, 20 minutes, that's all he needs. Well, that's really all Killian Hayes needs to do similar things. Not saying that Killian Hayes is good or will ever get to the level that Rondo got to in his career. No, no way, no way near that. But six assists, 1.5 steals is still really useful. And I think that's what Hazy, who's actually settled into a role as a backup. Now, he could go completely to shit very quickly. But I don't mind flyering him, which is a terrible verb. But I don't mind flyering him and seeing what happens, especially if you need those numbers. If you need assists and steals, Hazy is one of the guys out there. The Duck Lucanard's crushing at the moment. Um, it's wild that he was literally a DMP last season for this team. And now they've realized, yeah, he is better than Terrence Mann and he should be getting these minutes. Um, I am still, I'm not 100% convinced that the Duck is going to play at this level. He's putting up some really great numbers and he is a 12-team guy, pretty, pretty clearly at, the, at this point. But he only played 27 minutes. It was a blowout. Um, and we had Marcus Morris back taking shots, actually thieving shots away from Canard again. And we had more minutes from Reggie Jackson. So while Canard is great for now, it's by no means a lock that he maintains great value rest of the season. Chumra Kiki, really, really good defensive stuff from the big Chumra, putting up some very, very strong defensive numbers. I don't trust the minutes. If we've got Bumba, Wagner, and Carter playing 30-plus, Truman maybe gets 21-22, and that's that's okay. Because he can look, he can bring numbers. He's averaging 1.4 steals this year and 1.3 triples. There's not much else going on there. 174th ranked player for the season. But yeah, if those do push to 27 right, again, it is hard to find those, especially if the Spectre, the Yokai, that is Jonathan Isaac ever returns. Yokai, that's the correct word, yeah? I know, isn't that the Japanese spirit? I'm pretty sure it is. If the Yokai that is Jonathan Isaac returns, you're, where does Chuma fit? And you can look at Chuma's numbers and go, well, last month he's a top 100 player, and he is, yeah, for sure, because he's averaging 1.7 steals. Like, is, he is being carried by steals. The two threes are nice, but we know we can find them anywhere. You know, 38% from the field is shocking. 83 from the line is great. It's half an attempt a game. What he is being carried by is steals. So be very, very careful looking at ranking numbers when players are carried by one category. That is another piece of advice I always have to remind people in fantasy. Have Just be really careful when you are carried by one category like that. Because if something happens and it drops off, you're cooked. And it's just one category. Steven Adams rebound numbers, for example, is another one like that. Grayson Allen. Like, I mean, sure. Stream him in. Get some points. Good ad for today. Long term, no way. And Cam Johnson. I firmly believe Cam Johnson should play 30 minutes every night. But I'm not Monty Williams and I'm not coaching the best team in the NBA. So when Jay Crowder returns, Cam probably goes back to 25 minutes, unfortunately. You add him while Jay Crowder's out. You enjoy it. You wait till Crowder comes back. You wait one game, maybe two. And if he goes back to 24 minutes in those two games, you say, thanks, Cam. I'll see you next time Jay gets hurt. And I don't think that should be too controversial. It also is definitely not controversial for me to tell you that Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever because it is. It tastes like a candy bar. Who, lo who loves candy bars? Like, let's be honest. We got all smashed down bars like that all day, but they're not good for us. 
They're full of fat. They're full of sugar. They're full of calories. Whereas a built Bar, it's 130 calories. It's 17 grams of protein as well. So if you're looking to get absolutely ripped and shredded like me, or not even like me, like someone who actually has a good physique, then Built Bar might be the option for you. No, not might be. It is the option for you. These taste unbelievably good. They're a delicious, healthy treat. Plus, they're great when you are working out. So get yourself boxes of Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. I'll spell it. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. I'll even spell the website. B-U-I-L-T.com. Go there. Load your card up with boxes, and then when you get them home, you can smash those bars straight down your throat. Built Bar is built different. NBA trade deadline, guys. Thursday, February 10th, 3 p.m. So, us at Locked On NBA, we're having a live show from 2 p.m. through to 4 p.m. on Thursday. Kim Becker, John Corrales, Built Bar aficionado, Josh Lloyd, going to be hosting that show. So head across to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, hit the notification bell, and you'll know when we go live as we break down all of the trades, all of the implications, all of the fantasy implications as well. Check us out over there on the Locked On NBA uh, channel. Let's look at some droppable players. As I've just gone way, I thought I, I made a point to myself. I'm going to go really short on this show. Really smash your stuff out. People aren't going to be interested. They're watching football. Let's get some short stuff out. Yeah, nine minute first segment. Cool. Let's go on to droppable players. The number one most dropped player on Yahoo is Billy Hernan Gomez. He's also the like number two most added player. Sure. Like, as soon as Valanciunas comes back, he's going to have no value. So I have no problem adding him and getting those games. No worries. Dropping him, no problem at all. I think it's totally reasonable to have dropped Hernan Gomez with the assumption that Valanciunas comes back tomorrow. And that's, that's simply where it is. It is not going to be a situation. Remember, this happened earlier in the season when Valanciunas was out and Hernan Gomez was doing that. Oh, maybe they play together. He can still maybe get 24 minutes a night. Like, it just isn't going to happen. He'll struggle to even remain getting a single minute a day. So I, I, don't, I wouldn't be... If I dropped him and missed out on one more 30-game performance from Hernan Gomez, but I secured an extra three waiver games by using that spot, I've got no problem with that. I think that, that's sometimes in trades, in waiver moves, you do have to take a small short-term hit in order to give yourself that extra boost in the medium term or long term. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Bye. He had those couple of good games and then went back to stinking. And now Ingram's going to come back at some point and stink it up even further from Alexander-Walker. Dunk Robinson. Specialist three-point stream and that's it. See you later. LaMarcus Aldridge. Sprained ankle. Doesn't look good. It was already a weird situation with the center rotation with Griffin and Claxton. Uh, chucking Sharpie in there as well. Uh, yeah, you can drop him, I reckon. Furkan Korkmaz, see you all the way later. And then Chris Duarte. Uh, what's he doing? Like, what are we doing with Chris Duarte? Malcolm Brogdon goes hurt. He's a must-grab player. Absolutely no problem with that because I, I said it too, and, and you had to grab him. Brogdon's out, and he's still doing nothing. Like, nothing. He's being very much a fringe, maybe even fringe 14-team league player. And we go, oh, just wait to the trade deadline. Like, what are we waiting for to happen there? For Brogdon to be shut down. Brogdon's not playing any, any at the moment anyway. For Sabonis to be traded and no one come back. For Turner to be traded and no one come back. For Levert to be traded and no one come back. Maybe all those things happen. Maybe they say, you know what? Let's clear it out and give it to Duarte. But there's literally nothing that this team has shown me that makes me think Chris Duarte is the number one prospect or the guy that you should build around. He's like totally fine as a Joe Harris light type player who can handle a bit. Like, he's fine. He's 25 years of age as well. I think he's, maybe he's 24. Like, is there enough upside to deal with the 28 minutes a night on a team that doesn't have Malcolm Brogdon? Uh, I'm not sure that there is. I've got no problem with dropping him. Jordan Clarkson. Got to hit the sound because I need to take a breath. 
J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Um, yeah, look, as, as long as Donovan Mitchell's out, which might not... Look, then the Jazz only played two games this week. Um, yeah, you can have him, but there's only two games. Mitchell might return Wednesday, and then Clarkson goes back to being the 160th best player. Oh, yeah, but we have 150 players rostered with IR. That makes him valuable. It doesn't, actually. It, it makes him a complete fringe guy that you get way more value out of streaming. So with only two games coming up, I'll see you later, Jordy. Dennis Schroeder. People love him. He's got a name brand value for some reason. I don't know why. And the amount of times I've said, hey, drop him. Like, please drop him. He is a backup point guard. Yes, if someone gets hurt, you stream him in. All right, that's fine. I'll just wait to the trade deadline. Like, what team is trading for... I, maybe I am completely wrong. What team is trading for Dennis Schroeder to make him a 30-minute-a-night starting point guard? Is that team... Does that team exist? Surely not. Or... Are the Celtics going to trade Marcus Smart so they can make Dennis Schroeder a 30-minute-a-night starting point guard, even though his fit next to Tatum and Brown is pretty rough? Are either of those things likely? I would suggest no. And if you are in a position to stash and you believe that's going to happen, by all means, knock yourself out. I'm going to knock myself out if I had to keep Dennis Schroeder any longer than that. He's just not good. And while he can put up numbers that maybe confuse people into thinking he's good, he isn't. So I've got no problem dropping him. The big avocado is still being rostered, Andre Drummond, in so many leagues. Can we please drop him? What is the purpose of this? And then Bud Heald. Again, these droppable players, you do not have to drop them. You are not obliged to drop anyone except Andre Drummond. You are not obliged to drop any of these players. You don't have to do anything like that. But you've got to at least consider it when you're looking at your roster. Buddy Heald is bad at the moment. He is really bad. And what does he actually provide? Threes? Is he going to get traded? Is he going to get traded into a better situation? Probably not. Can he maybe average 16 points with three threes? Yeah, maybe. But it's still a big maybe. Like you're dealing with a guy who's doing nothing. I don't think that he's a must hold. Again, wait to the deadline if you want. No must drop player here. You don't have to drop these guys. But I, I just don't think that he is a guy that has to be held. Let's look at some must roster guys. I just think if these guys are on your wire, you need to do something about it. Herb Jones, Kevin Love, Josh the Hitman Hart, Jared Vanderbilt Bar, Lou Dort, especially with Shea out. Now, Lou Dort, the field goal percentage is going to hurt. It is going to cripple you. It's going to hurt your ancestors. It's going to be that bad. But the volume is going to be up. He might average 20 points on 20% shooting. And that is, while that is me being hyperbolic, it's not really. Like, it might be 32%. It's going to be rough, but it's going to be good in other areas. So Lou needs to be on a roster. Let's look at some upside grab type players. Again, Alperen Sengun, the delicate dancer. Uh, we haven't had to play this song very much. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Because unfortunately, there are 17 steps he needs to go through to get minutes that are useful enough for us in fantasy. He's playing strictly as a backup to Christian Wood. Now, Christian Wood has popped up on the injury report with a migraine now, so maybe that gives streaming ability. But it's literally going to take an injury or a trade. And I don't think a trade's happening. So Shengun is just an absolute luxury. They're not going to play them together. Are they going to bench Wood so Shengun starts? I really doubt that. Um, still a dynasty guy that I really like, but it's just not going to happen this year. It's going to require a trade, which again is not something that I see coming. Back to the Oklahoma City scenario with Shea out. Ty Jerome and Trey Mann are both going to have to step up. I think they will be doing things like they've done with Robinson Earl and Wiggins and Baisley and Favors all season and just change guys up and change rotations. They might even put in the salt flake, Theo Maladon, into that mix. Like, that's another name they can put in there. 
And I do not think that Jerome becomes must roster. I do not think that Trey Mann is anywhere close to it. I don't think Maladon is. But they're interesting grabs. I would take Jerome over Mann pretty easily in terms of if I was taking a flyer on someone. I would prioritize Dort and Giddy, obviously, if they're... Giddy's still rostered 60% on ESPN. So please, pick up Giddy, pick up Dort. Um, I think Baisley gets a bit of a boost in usage, but that shooting is going to be really rough. And yeah, I think Jerome is probably the next one that you take a look at. Yeah, the Oklahoma City Mudflat might get a bump as well. Kenrich Williams. Quentin Grimes is a bit of an upside grab, but the problem is his coach. His coach refuses. Refuses to see logic. So while it is a bit of a stash, given how he's playing and given how some of the other blokes are playing, it's hard to see it, isn't it? Isaiah Jackson, really impressed with what he's doing at the moment. Um, I think he is probably the long-term starting center on this team ahead of Goga, Sabonis, and Turner. I don't think they're all going to be there for long. And it's just a, whether that opportunity arises this year, and I'm not, I'm not certain. Because it did take Turner being out, then Goga being out, for him to actually get some decent minutes behind Sabonis last game. Josh Green, more minutes for him available with Timmy Hardaway out. He's playing all right. I don't think he's going to explode or anything like that. But he's at least a deeper league name to watch. And then in Portland, Trendon Watford. Just, just remember the name. They're dealing with injuries, of course, and to see Littles out. Larry Nance, who the bloody hell knows when he's coming back. Covington could get traded, will get traded, most likely gets traded. Yusuf Nurkic could get traded, might get traded, will get traded. CJ McCullough might be wearing a Pelicans uniform. Like, who knows what's going to happen here? Watford could find himself in 27 minutes a night through March. And I actually like him as a player. That's a real deep stash type scenario, but I do like him. Let's look at some other names before we get out of here. Nyeka Okongwu. Yeah, look, I reckon he's pretty good. You know that I think he's good. You know that I had him as the number three player in the draft last year. Had him at number three for Dynasty Leagues. I had him ahead of James Wiseman. Um, I, I really like him. I think he's really good. Clint Capella cannot be traded by the Hawks. He signed an extension. He cannot be traded. Just remember that when you're stashing for the trade deadline. But at this point, I'm not actually sure it matters because they're basically, they are splitting minutes. Okongwu is out playing Capella consistently. Now, is this an injury return thing for Clint where he's playing 23 a night? That's a possibility. And Okongwu had been like at 20 minutes or under 20 minutes until today. But 24 minutes of Anyeka Okongwu is really interesting. And it's interesting enough to grab and see. Malik Monk, I think he's got to be rostered. He's got, he had to have been rostered for the last six weeks or so, but LeBron's out. And I'm not particularly confident that LeBron is back at all this week. In fact, I'm not particularly confident that LeBron's back before the deadline, to be honest. The worry here is this knee, this knee injury. He's getting ruled out a day in advance. There's swelling in the knee. I, I'm, really, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that it's not going to be just a one or two game thing here. PJ Tucker's playing well. He's averaging 16 points over the last week. There's no way that's real. He's shooting at like 58%. There's also no way that's real. But for now, he's at least a stream option. Maxi Kleber, I don't know why I put him on this list. I already talked about him. Gabe Vincent, as long as Kyle Lowry is out, Vincent has value. You stream him in. And again, just I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Kyle Lowry is not out because he's being traded. Like He's not out because of that. That's not the reason. They're not faking an injury. They're not holding him out. The amount of times that people say this, personal reasons means personal reasons. It means usually there's an illness or a death in the family. There is something that they're going through. And that's why they're out. But people trying to connect it. I've seen multiple times with this. Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell are both out for personal reasons. They're probably getting traded for each other. And then I saw Kyle Lowry and Goran Dragic are both out personal reasons. Maybe there's a trade gap happening on there and they're going to go back to their former teams. Like, maybe someone in his family is really sick. 
maybe that's what it is. And in general, the simplest answer is the correct one. Stop looking for things that aren't there. While Lauer is out though, Vincent's the guy we stream. And then KJ Martin. I didn't even put him in the upside grabs. I think you just go with him now. Like he's outplaying Jay Sean Tate almost every game. The minutes are pushing up. This should have been happening in November. Should have been happening in October, to be fair. But now we're finally getting it happening. I don't have any problem with grabbing him now and actually using the production he's giving us and then hoping that there's more coming down the track. I just think there, I think there will be. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, you know what to do. Ring my ding-a-ling, thumb me up in the middle, leave your comments, subscribe. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.